on this episode, our new guest, Malcolm MJ Harris, steps into the balance room. Eric Seed says, don't put all your eggs in one basket. And my tear of the week is something everybody can take advantage of. Don't worry. You can thank me later. 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 Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 35 of the Balance Room Music Podcast. I'm your host, musician and producer Ingrid Wood, W-O-O-D-E. This podcast is available on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and Google Play for you to subscribe to. That way you don't have to wonder when is a new episode coming out. You just get one automatic notification letting you know there's something new for you to listen to. Whether you are a new or returning Balance Room listener, welcome. I appreciate you for hitting play. I hope you enjoy this episode. If this is your first time stepping into the balance room, um, this is not just a podcast for musicians. It's really for creatives who are or who have a desire to make a living from their creative side. I just happen to be a musician, so how I produce the podcast um, and edit it may come from a musician's touch or musician's frame of mind. This episode is supported by the Cambridge Tradition, which is an urban design house that specializes in street apparel and new wave art. Their collection includes, but is not limited to custom watches, skateboard decks, hoodies, t-shirts, and authentic jerseys. This brand is designed around the principles of quality and excellence. Now, Cambridge Tradition is doing something super special for us, the Balance Warmers. They are offering us a discount, a 50% discount on their apparel. All you have to do is go to the website, which is CambridgeTraditionLLC.com. Just to make sure Cambridge is spelled C-A-M-B-R-I-D-G-E. CambridgeTraditionLLC.com. Go there. And when you check out, just use the promo code BALANCE. All lowercase B-A-L-A-N-C-E. Balance. And you will get your 15% off discount. And now this runs through Friday, April 21st, 2017. So make sure you take advantage of that. All right, now we have a new guest that is stepping into the balance room. I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to let him introduce himself. Sure. So I am Malcolm M.J. Harris, and I am CEO of National Care Financial Group, which happens to be one of America's largest African-American-owned financial services companies. I also lead a company called M.J. Harris Omnimedia, which I'm so excited about. It is my business that's dedicated to taking my messages of empowerment, my messages of wealth building, my messages of, of personal development. It's designed to take those messages all around the world. So we do that through podcasts, we do that through webinars, we do that through live events, and of course we do that through my videos, which are currently seen by several million people every single week around the world. Yes. Now, I found out about Malcolm MJ Harris randomly on Facebook. I just so happened to be on Facebook and was scrolling through and on my timeline I saw one of his videos and I saw him and I saw it was the title honestly that really drew me in uh and I remember it was um only give your time to people who value you. That was all I needed to see and I immediately hit play. He said you have to make the choice 
that the moment that you recognize that someone does not see the value of who you are or what you're bringing to the table, that you are going to cut off any energy that you have been putting into pursuing them and trying to get them in your presence. Because there are so many people out here who see the value of everything that you are and everything that you do. So if you can focus your energy only on those people, you will have so much success. It took a while for that to catch on in my mind because I was afraid. I was afraid that if I stopped chasing, I'm going to miss out. And then at a certain point in time, I got too tired to chase anymore. And I decided to try that mindset. And a couple days later, one of my uh, musician friends, he posted that same video on his Facebook wall. And I just, I started researching everything Malcolm M.J. Harris, everything National Care Financial Group. I wanted to know more about this person, more about his business that he built. And what I really love and appreciate MJ for is the validity in his perspective. You know, he's not the um, like show and tell type of public figure, right? So he's not going to show you what he has and tell you what he has, but rather he through transparency of sharing his journey and how he's built his business he wants you to know that if you are not satisfied with where you are if you are miserable in the place where you are that you have the tools or you have the ability to learn the tools to transition to a place of abundance and fulfillment and growth MJ has a lot of a lot of videos, a lot of free content, um, but he also has webinars. And so I actually took one of his webinars, his uh, his wealth class. I took that April 1st, 2017, and I loved it. Like he answered all a lot of our questions. Um, and I like I just I liked it so much that I'm going to take his credit class, his credit transformation webinar. I think that's going to be. Uh, Saturday, April 29th. It's going to be at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Now, I'll have the link to that um, and all of all of his information. Mal everything Malcolm M.J. Harris and National Care Financial Group, that, that webinar that's going to come up on uh, April 29th. I'll have all of that in the podcast description in this app that you are listening to this on. And if you have no idea how to find that, <laughs> that's okay. Um, you can just go to the website, thebalanceroom.com. Look for this episode, episode 35, and all that information will be in there. Now, I want to do just a quick sidebar um, <laughs> because a lot, a huge part of the conversation that MJ and I have uh, we don't talk anything really too much about in insurance per se. We talk a little bit about it, but um, most of the conversation is really about his journey and the experiences that he's had that had that has allowed him to be able to build a successful business. But I want I do want to mention personally. I want to mention just the importance of insurance um, because I think it it's a huge part of personal life and it's a huge part of of business you know of course you have you have health insurance and life insurance but I think people sometimes forget about the fact that insurance is important and necessary in business like I have the the commercial warehouse that I lease I think I've leased that for about four years now um I've turned it into like my my rehearsal space and office space and studio but in order for me to even lease that place I had to show proof of liability insurance and not just liability insurance I had to show proof that I was covered for up to or at least a million dollars um you know in case god forbid there's a fire or somebody tries to be reckless and come in there <laughs> and steal my stuff um 
Or, you know, again, God forbid if somebody trips over a floor monitor and bust their head wide open I, I need to be <laughs> I had to show proof of insurance to be able to even lease that space or you know if you're going to a convention and you have a vendor booth a lot of times those type of events you have to have liability insurance and you have to put that that particular place that venue that event even though it's temporary you have to put that on your insurance for that month but Insurance is something that is that is important. And I think sometimes, you know, we talk about, hey, I got this this new album that's coming out. I got this tour that I'm doing. Um, I got this new keyboard or whatever. But we don't talk about the business behind the business. So insurance is a huge part of business. So finding out about MJ and about the type of business that he's built, I was super excited when he accepted my invitation into the balance room so let me go ahead and get back on track because i'm really excited for you all to hear this conversation Um, and mj he even shares some information about his new book that's going to come out this year so let's go ahead and step into the balance room when i was a child i i always say i was born an entrepreneur i remember being um there was this this program called print artists and i remember this program I was at one of my mom's friend's houses, and she had this program, and it allowed you to make greeting cards at home. It allows you to do stationery at home. And I remember being maybe about seven years old, maybe, and, and I loved that program because immediately I thought, I can make a business out of this. So I begged my mother, please get me print artists for Christmas. Please get me print artists for Christmas. I believe that was the name of the program. And so she got it for me for Christmas. And then I used that program, and I made a couple samples, and I would go around my neighborhood with black and white greeting cards, black and white greeting cards. And I would go out to my neighbors and say, hi, would you like to have some greeting cards? Would you like to have some stationery? And I remember doing that back then. I even recruited in my childhood best friend at the time to help me out with it. Um, I have been doing entrepreneurial things ever since, you know, um, throughout school, I would sell candy in school. Um, as I got into college, I really, really pushed forward. I remember I took what was supposed to be a summer internship and turned that into a business. I was working for a church, and they told me, they said, hey, we would love for you to do your internship with this church over the summer, which I took largely because they provided for free housing, so it allowed me not to have to go home for the summer after my freshman year at Dressel in Philadelphia. But they said to me, they said, we would love for you to be able to help us out with some administrative tasks, and that will be your job over the summer. I said, well, what are the tasks? They said, well, you'll be creating the church program, and um, that's about it. So I said, so I'm supposed to be here for 40 hours a week, and my main job is creating a church program for Sunday. <laughs> and they, they said, well, also, also, um, uh, they said on um, – this is the past I was talking to. He says, also, we're going to have a church picnic at the end of the summer, and it's as a way to kind of get folks – to join the church because this particular church had a member base that was a lot of the folks were older. Um, a lot of them were beginning to, to transition on and pass away. And so he said, we want to do a church picnic and hopefully that can attract some of the neighborhood to join the church. And I, I mean, I was probably 19 at the time, but in my mind, I'm thinking that's, a, that's not going to be very effective at all. So I said to him, I said, what if we scrap this whole internship idea and you make me a business partner with the church 
and we will produce a children's festival. And this children's festival will have food trucks as well as, you know, small rides on the lawn of the church. And that'll be a way to attract attention to the church. That way we can do pretty, that way we can maybe get some members out of that. Because I said, you know, picture it. If you're driving down the street, are the kids going to say, hey, mom, pull over so we can go to that picnic? Or are they going to say, hey, mom, there's a carnival. Let's go there. And that can get the attraction. So I said, let's do that. And he said, okay. And so I said, I would sacrifice. Which was not, uh, my mother was shocked when I said this, mortified even. I said, I'll sacrifice my salary for the summer. And if you agree to make me a business partner with the church while I get a, a, a profit split on doing this festival. Mm-hmm. And they agreed. And we did the festival. Um, I got different sponsors. I did all of that at 19. By the end of the summer, when we add up how much money I made, as, a, as an intern, I was probably supposed to make the equivalent of maybe somewhere between 8 to $10 an hour. I don't remember the exact amount. But in doing what we did, I ended up making what averaged out to about $80 an hour, $80 an hour because of the profit that we generated from the Children's Festival. Um, so from there, I went on and um, started several businesses. Many of them did not work out so well. Many of them did not work out so well. I did a, um, a I did an online dating site one time. <laughs> um, I, I had a business um, doing real estate short sales. I had a business doing marketing um, for um, real estate-related businesses and all of that, um, most of them didn't work out so well, unfortunately, but it taught me a lot and set me up in the position to now be where I'm at today. I always tell people that National Care Financial Group is the direct byproduct of every positive business experience, but more importantly, every negative business experience, because what I do now is not by luck, it's not by favor, it's not by good fortune. It is by it is the byproduct of me utilizing every single lesson that I've learned from my past failures. And I really think that for anyone who's ever experiencing a failure right now, they should know that their failure does not define their future. It's simply setting them up for greater success. So. I will tell you, the song that takes me back so much is Mariah Carey's Make It Happen. I remember being a little boy when that song came out, and I remember listening to it. And the concept that she was talking about, that if you believe in yourself, you can make it happen, that resonated with me at a level you could not imagine. Um, I just really, really, really said, wow, that sounds like what I hear about in church you know, where it talks about that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And I was like, that's the, the, all these, these messages that I kept hearing, that it's all about how you believe in yourself. It's not about how smart you are, how powerful you are, how rich you are, how poor you are. It's all about a belief in yourself. And so even till this day, I'll be, I'll be jogging around my neighborhood. I, li- I live in LA. I'll jog around my neighborhood and I'm listening to Make It Happen because it just reminds me that I can make anything happen in my life if I'm willing to believe at a level and with a level of intensity for whatever that thing requires. If I want a big goal, then I got to believe big. The go-to gadget that I love is schedule once. Schedule once, you probably scheduled with me through that today, 
what it is. It's a scheduling system. You can try it out even for free. And I wish I was getting some, some money off of plugging them, but I'm not. So I'm just going to tell you all about it. So what you do with this system is literally when people want to meet with you, they will go to a customized link that directly syncs with your calendar. Literally, it directly syncs with your calendar. And then people can select the time that's available. And then it sends a request to, do, to, to you to say, hey, this person wants to meet with you. And then you or your assistant can say yes or no to that meeting and it puts it right on the calendar. It sends folks reminders and all that kind of stuff. I love that because I am too busy to do that back and forth stuff. Nothing aggravates me more when I'm going through my emails. Then someone says, do you want to meet? And I say, sure. Then they write back, well, when's available? And I write back my day. And they say, well, that's not available for me. What about this? And I write that back. We've gone through seven emails to lock in one time. I don't want to do that. What I do is when people say, do you want to meet? I say, sure. Go ahead and click this link and select the day and time that's best for you. It cuts it out. It cuts scheduling completely out of my schedule. So I can literally just focus on the core things that, frankly, impact my business and make my business income. So I recommend it to everyone. It's dirt cheap. I mean, I think it probably ranges from like maybe $20 to $40 a month, but it is well worth it in the time that it will save you. I'm all about how can I get more for doing less, right? So essentially, how can I – because you want to enjoy your life. We're not We're not starting businesses for the purpose of working our lives away. Starting businesses takes an incredible amount of work, but the goal – is that you hit that point where your income is continuing to go up and your workload is going down. That's mm-hmm. what you want. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. you want to be able to enjoy your life not doing administrative tasks that a system could do for very little money, for barely a dollar a day. Okay, we're about to get into the Ask EC segment. If you have a business, music question, or anything in between, you can email those questions to Eric at the balance room.com E R I C at the balance room.com. And of course you can always ask those questions on any of the social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. You can find us, uh, just look up the balance room music podcast and we should pop up. And if you want uh, to remain anonymous, no worries. Just let us know. I like this song, daddy. Okay, sweetie. What I'm going to do is pull up a patch and let you solo. Wait till I count you off, okay? You ready? What's up, Balance Room? This is EC. Shout out to Ingrid Wood. What's good, baby sis? Question for ECs. Quote, I hear people say it's important to have multiple streams of income. Do you have multiple streams? And if so, how do you do that since you're on tour a lot? Unquote. I definitely believe in that. There's a book that I read um, probably back in early 2000s. Um, it was a series of like Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Forget the gentleman's name who's the author of that book. Uh, it's been a while, but um, and I and I in another book that I read of his was multiple streams of income. So yes, I do. I've learned to not quote unquote put all your eggs in one basket. That cliche, um, which means diversify. So I love to go play these live shows and get that check, but I love to produce music as well and 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 see those royalty checks come through. Um, but yeah, you definitely should create as many as you possibly can. Um, and they all don't have to be under the same umbrella. Like all of mine are not music. I got into real estate for a while, got into insurance um, and just different things. You know, you want to venture out. You want to you want to be real rounded. And there's there's definitely ways that especially doing what I do, being a full time musician, I have some leverage or extra time to get into other different things, you know, 
Um, I like to build. I like to make furniture. Um, and I've actually sold furniture and different tables and things like that. So that's very important to me, multiple streams of income. And if you can do that, monetize whatever it is that you can down here in this life. Um, just for your own well-being and your legacy. So peace seats and I'm out. I hope that answers something for someone. For someone. Thanks so much, E. All right, y'all. Let's go ahead. We're going to get back into the conversation with MJ. What I always tell people is that the amount of money you make does not determine your satisfaction with your life. I think that people believe that. They believe that by making more money, I'll be more satisfied. So they sit in jobs that they don't like, and they say, well, I'll be more satisfied when I get that promotion, or I'll be more satisfied when I switch jobs and and get better pay or anything like that. The amount of money you make does not determine your satisfaction in life. And for me, I was making over $100,000 a year, and I dread it going to work every single day. I, I remember being on the Beltway. That's the, the main sort of highway that wraps around um, Washington, D.C. Okay. I'd be on the Beltway, driving to work, sitting in traffic, and I'm thinking to myself, this cannot be my life. I was in my 20s, and I would say, I got to do this for 40 more years. And mm-hmm. It was misery to, to think about that. And I think that what made it even more miserable was that I knew I was capable of more. You can settle for less when you don't believe you're, you're capable of more. But the minute you get a, a, just an ounce of inspiration in you to know that you can have more, be more, and do more, then you start mm-hmm. to dread um, the situation that you're in. And I always try to share with people that that dread that you feel is not there to bring you down. It is not there to hold as a weight on you. That dread is really motivation if you use it right, because you should be using that discontentment as motivation to change your situation. It's almost like putting fire underneath you so that you can then make a change. So for me, it doesn't matter if you're making seven dollars an hour or making a hundred and seven thousand dollars. It doesn't matter how much you're making. What matters is if you're not happy with the life that you're living, then you have to know that you've got the power to change your life and that you've got the ability to to change, to make your life into whatever you want it to be. So for me the path was really determining first that I could change my life, then be determining for myself, what did I want my life to look like? I think we spend so much energy on thinking about what we don't want and what we don't like and what we dread. But take that same amount of energy and put it into thinking about what you do want. Dare I say it, daydream a little bit about what should life look like? What could, what would you want life to look like just one year from now? I'm not talking about 10 years from now. I'm not talking about all that. I'm talking about just one year from, from now, what would you want your life to look like? Then after you identify what that looks like, then make a determination around what actionable steps, tangible steps, can I take right now, right here today, to move me at least one step further? Maybe it's signing up for a training to learn something new. Maybe it's finally utilizing that license that you have. Because there are so many people out here with real estate licenses, insurance licenses, all kinds of things that they have in place, and they ain't using them. So maybe it's utilizing what you already have. You know, whatever it may be, deciding what is a step that I can take right here, right now. Because I guarantee you, if you can commit to one step a day, you can change your life regardless of where it is right now. You can change your life much quicker than you could ever imagine. When I look at your content, right, it feels like it doesn't matter if it's Facebook Live or, you know, a deliberately planned video with lighting and mics, but it it seems like that you just came out the womb comfortable (laughs) on the camera. You know, is that true? Are you just naturally comfortable on camera or was it something that kind of developed over time? 
Oh, I was not naturally comfortable on camera when I started out. I remember uh, that when I first decided that, okay, I'm going to take this path, I called up my best friend. His name is Darren. I called up Darren. I said, Darren, I am going to go about the path of inspiring people. I want to inspire people, you know, by doing inspirational videos, inspirational speaking, and all that kind of stuff. I told him that. And this was back when I was working my full-time uh, job. It was before I even had the insurance business. And so I told him that, and he started crying on the phone. And I would say, you are very fortunate if you have a friend who can be more happy for your goals than you are, right? Because mm -hmm. he broke down crying on the phone, and he says, I'm so happy that you are finally committing to the gift that I've always known was within you, because this, this is where you need to be focused. He was so happy. And so he helped me out. We found a videographer. We found all these people to help me out. And I invested some good money, <laughs> you know, several thousand dollars mm -hmm. um, into doing a, a photo shoot and doing a video. Um, where I was going to be interviewing someone about something inspiring. This, I, I was interviewing actually I was interviewing a therapist um, to talk with to talk about how to improve your relationship with yourself. Right. So we go to this. Everything is all set up, and then can you believe it? On the morning of, I realized I spent so much time preparing for it that I never actually put together interview questions or thought about what the final product should even look like. I was I was an amateur. I didn't know. So we get there, and when you see me on camera. I look like a deer caught in headlights. I look uncomfortable. My questions are not very good. You're getting you, – the MJ that people see on camera now it looks completely different. Mm -hmm. I scrapped that footage. We still have it. We still have it um, here. But I, but that footage is something that I said, Lord, this don't ever need to go out of nowhere. And I wasn't ready. I really wasn't ready. And what I realized even more than anything else, what makes me – what allows me to deliver how I deliver on camera, what allows me to de to deliver how I deliver in person or even on this on this podcast, which I'm so um, grateful to be a part of, what allows me to deliver is not necessarily that I'm practiced or skilled with presenting and being or being on camera. What it is is that I have a very high level of comfort in who I am, how I present and what I share about myself, right? I'm very transparent. I don't care that I have an accent. I don't care that I talk too fast sometimes. I don't care. I'm not here not to talk too fast. I'm not here to sound like Brian Gumbo. I love him to death, but that's not my job to sound like him. I'm here to be MJ Harris. And in being MJ Harris, I accept every part of my story and every part of how I deliver. So what people see on camera, they say, wow, I really enjoy you on camera. How did you get so good? It's not about how I got so good. It's about how I got so comfortable with myself because when you're comfortable with yourself, then you're able to really project very well on camera. And I always share that with people and they say, what are tips that I can use for being on camera? It's no specific tip. Just be comfortable with yourself. The camera captures what's there. So if you're comfortable with yourself, that's going to translate through. But if you're trying to be in camera mode and presentation mode, then you're going to look like you're shooting a low-budget infomercial. How... Um, or why is something like insurance so important to facilitate that artist in their business and their personal life? Uh, well, I will tell you, I know you mentioned that it's a touchy subject for some people, but let me tell you, there should be nothing touchy about making sure that you are positioning yourself 
so that your final expenses and so that your long-term expenses can be financed. There, that is something that everyone should be doing. So I always say if if the idea of someone saying you need some life insurance so the folks don't have to depend on GoFundMe to take care of your final expenses, if that steps on your toes, well, guess what? Those toes need to be stepped on because the reality is that it is wholeheartedly irresponsible unless you are a child or unless you are someone who's incapable from uh, from an income perspective of taking care of life insurance. It is completely irresponsible for an able-bodied working adult to not have at least a minimal life insurance policy in place to be able to make sure that when they transition on, because it's inevitable, it is inevitable, to make sure that when they inevitably transition on, that those expenses don't have to be a burden to someone. Can you imagine where, you know, I had an unfortunate incident where a couple weeks ago I got a call. Three o'clock in the morning here in Los Angeles, letting me know that my grandfather had um, had died in a fire at his home. He was 91 and lived a wonderful life, but it's a very tragic way to go. But what I will tell you, immediately my family went into grief mode. I mean, we were just grieving as anyone would be in a in a traumatic situation like that. But one thing we never had to worry about within all our grief was how the final expenses would be taken care of because he was responsible for himself. And he made a choice for himself years ago to make sure that, that would be in place. Same thing with I had another relative. I always talk about my grandmother on camera. This is a different grandmother. I always talk about my father's mother, my father's uh, mother, but th- actually my mother's mother unfortunately died not too far after this. We've had a lot of recent deaths in my family. But with her, you know, this is a woman who um, for most of her life, you know, worked in restaurants, did not make very much money at all. But when she passed away, she had enough money. Um, she actually didn't utilize the life insurance policy. For her, she had just personal savings that she had set aside for herself um, that were able to take care of her final expenses. So to me, you know, if I think that you absolutely should be thinking about that because here's the reality. There are so many people, so many families who will face bankruptcy and financial insolvency when someone dies because all of those final expenses end up falling on the spouse or the children or someone else. So if you don't want your legacy to be that you created financial difficulty for your family, if you want your legacy to truly reflect the the beauty that you live with throughout your life, then you need to make sure that you position yourself so that when you pass away, you're not leaving a burden for your family because that does affect your legacy. It just it really it's just reality and we can't sugarcoat it. How important is it to be mindful of I guess how you communicate and handle people as it relates to business? Well I think that the way we communicate with people, I know this. The way that we communicate with people is our first impression. The first impression, yes, people say it's about how you look and all that kind of stuff, and that matters. That matters. But what can change? You could come in the room and not look like what someone expects you to look like. I mean, I come into the room as a CEO of this large and growing financial services company, and I'm not very tall. <laughs> and in my mother's words, you're quite petite is what she tells you, quite petite. And so, and I'm black. Let's just start there. And um, and then on top of that, I don't like suit and ties. I am not wearing a tie unless I'm at a funeral or they are paying me to speak and they say, we need you to wear a tie. Well, you know, you're paying me, I'll wear what you tell me to wear. But I don't like ties. And I'm normally wearing some nice comfy loafers, you know. Oh. And I come into the office and I don't look like pe- what people would expect. Well, obviously that's, that can be a jarring first impression for folks. But then I open my mouth to communicate and I know exactly what my strengths are. I open my mouth to communicate and we're good to go at that point in time. The way that we communicate is is our calling card. The way that we communicate sets sets expectations that people will place on us. 
And so I think that is it is vitally important to make sure that, especially if you're in business, to always communicate in a clear way, to always um, communicate in a very simple way. Um, because I, what I found is that a lot of new business owners um, will take about an approach where they will say, okay, I'm in business now, so let me sound like a business person. Let me use bigger words. Let me change my accent. Let me do all these different things. People can smell inauthenticity a mile away, okay? And in business, trust is built on people feeling that you're authentic. And the way that we build, the way that people determine if we're authentic or not is by how we communicate with them. So communicate in a simple way. Don't use a $5 word where a $1 word will do. People want to be just spoken to very clearly and very simply. So that's my advice around how you communicate there. Um, in emails, advice that I always give and, you know, I do tons and tons and tons of trainings around this kind of content. But I will tell you that when it comes to emails, I would say emails are not a place to sell things. Emails are not a place to to give a full business plan. I can't tell you how I just sort of shake my head when people email me, and they will email me three and four paragraphs about what they want to talk to me about in an email. And I think to myself, no, 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 your emails and business should be probably three sentences at the most. So, for example, if I'm trying to propose something to someone, I would say, you know, um, hi, Ingrid, you know, um, I, you know, I am reaching out to you because I would like to discuss with you um, an opportunity within my team. When are you available for a brief call? Get them on the phone, right? So don't rely so much on, on written communications. I mean, communications is, is a science. It's not an art. You know, right. there are proven effective ways to get results out of somebody. I always say the more the more busy and the more important that person is, the less they want to sit and read long communications, the less they want to sit and listen to um, long, uh, lots of information. We want, we want the bullet points. What do you need from me, right? How does this benefit me? And what are the next steps? Jump right in. People don't want to listen to too much. They simply want to know what are the actions and what are the benefits. Is there anything that you can share about your new book? Absolutely. So my new book, Stop Going Broke, Living Under Debt, really is a project that I'm so excited about. It's a project that I'm so excited about because it's an area that has impacted me within my life, and I know that it impacts millions of people, not just in America, but all around the world. The reality is that we are really living in a debt and a credit crisis right now. The economy is improving, don't get me wrong, but we're living in a way where so many people, millions of people are relying on credit cards in, uh, in order to supplement the expenses. Uh, they have tremendous amounts of student loan debt and things of that nature. And so for me, I really have made a choice that if we want to focus on building wealth, then we have got to make sure that we focus on what are those fundamental elements within our life that drain our wealth. And I really do believe that debt and misuse of credit drains our ability to build wealth. And we see this especially true within minority communities. When we talk about all these systemic factors that impact our ability to grow wealth, those are all very real. We cannot, um, I cannot, um, I can't underestimate the impacts that those have on us, but there are some broader factors that we directly have control over within our own households. And what we have direct control over is how we utilize credit and how we utilize debt. The reality is that when you have a good relationship with credit and debt, you then you also have a good ability to to grow wealth. It's a direct correlation. The better your relationship is with credit and debt, the better your relationship is with building wealth. So that's what the book is going to touch on. We've got webinars, e-courses, all kinds of things 
things that come up around this particular topic. I'm just really excited about it because I know it's going to free people to really look at their situation and make some actionable, easy-to-follow steps that can change their life. I saw your announcement about the uh, your, your new media company, like Omni Media. So what it what exactly is that? What it is is this. My company's name is MJ Harris Omni Media, and I was so reluctant for so long. I was sitting here, and I'm very fortunate where you know uh, my mother says she says you don't have to leave the house for anything. My barber comes here. A lot of people who help me out with things that come right to my home. So we're sitting here at the house, and and he's cutting my hair, and my mom is sitting here also. And and my barber used to be a um, he was signed with one of the major labels and now he um, he also owns a studio. He, he you know I always say he's he's a mogul because he's got multiple streams of income. And with him, what he was telling we were talking and I said to him, I said you know I said you know you you entertainment industry folks blah blah blah. And he pauses I mean he cuts off the butt, the the razor thing or whatever the clippers. And he says to me, entertainment industry people, he's like, what are you talking about? He's like, he said, you are in the entertainment industry because you, you know, you have all these videos, you do all this other stuff. And you may be talking about real credible topics, but make no mistake, you know, you're part of this industry. And so I said, no, I'm just a financial advisor who does a couple videos here and there. And then my mother looks over the rim of her glasses. You can tell she wears those glasses, right? The tip of her nose. She looks over the rim of her glasses and she says, she says, he's right. <laughs> so I burst out laughing. And so it occurred to me, I said, you know what, I have to take this more seriously. And so I reached out to some of the folks in my company and I told them, I said, we, how can we take what I do and take it to more people? Right, so that it's not just these videos that go out. How can we do more? I want to reach more people. How can I help? How can I help more more people? And they had the same suggestion. They said we need to form a separate entity that focuses on that. Well, we can bring in some of the best content producers. We can bring in even more videographers. We can bring in even more folks who are specifically skilled in the areas of media and production to take your messages out to so many people. The reality is that. In order for someone to be able to work with an advisor like me, you know, then they either have to have a large sum of money. You know, there was a time where where you could not become my client if you had less than three to five hundred thousand dollars, right? Or you know, you pay out of pocket for fees, which could be you know your yearly fees in some cases could be five thousand, ten thousand dollars or more. Well, you can imagine there are a lot of people who need the kind of knowledge that I have. But they can't. They could not afford that. And so, by doing this particular entity, by doing MJ Harris Omni Media, it's taking the power of media and using it as a platform for me to take my messages of financial empowerment, um, wealth building, and personal improvement to take those messages out to the masses, to people in every corner of the globe, and making sure that it takes it to them in a way that's accessible and, most importantly, a affordable. This is not a message just for the elite. These are messages for everyone. I don't care if you have a college, if you have a GED or a PhD. I want you to have access to these messages because everyone deserves an opportunity to be able to have a good relationship with money and I truly do believe that everyone deserves an opportunity to be able to live in financial security and that's what my business is all about, helping people to achieve that. All right. So I want to really quickly I want to get into my tear of the week for my new listeners my tear of the week is it's a phrase uh when you tear balance you're setting it back to zero so I just like to share something that balances me out as my tear of the week so my tear of the week for this episode it's not a movie it's not an album it's it's nothing like that it's no restaurant it's something super simple (laughs) it's fresh air 
is outside. So right now in the Midwest, we're trying, our weather is trying to go ahead and become spring. Like around this time, like March, April, the weather keeps going back and forth. It's like one day is it could be ice and snow, and then four or five days later it could be 70 degrees and it just keeps going back and forth. But as of recently, the weather has been fairly nice. But also, <laughs> for the next couple weeks, I have a lot of editing that I have to do uh, for audio video and photography have a lot of editing that I have to do which means sitting in front of a computer for hours for a few days straight but because the weather has been so nice I just decided to try to set up shop outside and do as much work as I'm able to do outside and kind of enjoy just sitting and breathing in the fresh air for for a little while so I literally I just I took my laptop hard drive Uh, I even took my keyboard, my MIDI keyboard out there because I had some music that I had to work on. And for like four to six hours out of the day for the past few days, I've just been working outside, doing my work outside. When I worked as, as a chemist in a lab, there were absolutely no windows in the lab. None whatsoever. So it, it didn't matter if it was a blizzard. It didn't matter if it was sunny skies. I had no idea unless I went out to lunch or or if it was time to leave. So I just, I appreciate the fact that I'm able to take some of my work outside and do it out there. You know, if, if you live in a place where it's not necessarily peaceful for you to, to be outside or you're not able to just go outside and do some work, go to the park. That's what I do. I do, I do that sometimes too. Anyways, fresh air is my tear of the week. All right, Balance Room is doing me this favor. If you'd like this episode, if you heard something of value in this episode, do me a favor and hit that share button that's in your app. Um, and of course, you can always take a screenshot and post it on Instagram. Feel free to tag me at The Balance Room. Also, make sure to sign up for The Balance Room newsletter. You just go to the website, thebalanceroom.com. Should be a pop-up that comes up on your screen. You just put takes a second you just put your name and your email address i do not bombard you with a bunch of emails just from time to time i uh i share information and opportunities that i have access to that may not be on your radar that i don't share on the podcast so make sure to sign up for that and don't forget to get your ticket for mj's credit transformation webinar that's going to be on saturday april 29th i already got my ticket Uh, make sure that you get yours because there is a capacity there is a limit and the last class that I went to it did get sold out so don't wait too late to get that Um, there's also going to be another class I think on depending on when you're listening to this May 7th 2017 that's going to be a wealth class so but I'll put all those links in this podcast description as well as on the website for episode 35 MJ thank you so much for accepting my invitation into the balance room i'm so grateful the theme song to the balance room music podcast titled thank me later was written and produced by yours truly performed by ingrid wood and the wood tribe orchestra even when i'm gone my voice will still be here until next episode take care god bless and stay balanced this is malcolm mj harris and you are listening to the balance room podcast